0: Log Talk Radio.
1: The Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore contemporary issues and solutions and leadership. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. I'm uh, excited again today to have uh, a guest with us, um, and he is a a comedian, engineer, and, um, and leadership development professional uh, that has, has done TED Talks all over the world. And I'm especially excited to have him um, with us today, Mr. Andrew Tarvin. Welcome, Andrew.
0: Brian, thank you so much for for having me on the show. I was just vibing there to the intro music. I was enjoying the kind of like that. piano hitting. It was great. Okay, yeah, that's right. I was actually I was playing in the background. That was me, you know. Yeah, that was
1: you. Um, yeah, ...singing a few chords. That's right. <laughs> so, um, you know, Andrew, uh, Drew, I know uh, you you are doing some great work. I've seen a number of your talks, and um, Drew is the um, CEO of a of a company called Humor That Works. And it's actually a leadership development company. Um, and Drew, I, I tell you, you know, you, you unlike, uh, not unlike, I should say many of us that actually we went to college and majored in something and then found ourselves doing something uh, very different than we thought we would, how we would spend our lives. And you are. Are certainly, certainly fall in that category. I'm sure you, you draw on some of your training, but. Um, I know that you went to college and uh, received a g- degree in engineering and then um, worked in, in the corporate sector for a while, and then now you, here you are, the CEO of a company that's leadership development. How, tell us a little bit about how that happened. I know you started out at Ohio State University, but how did you end up doing comedy and, and, and making humor your, your, your work?
0: Well, yeah, it, it it surprises a lot of people when they hear that first that I'm a. a either it depends on how they meet me. So people who meet me as uh, after an event or seeing me speak, and they're like, "Wait, you're an engineer by background." Uh, we don't mean you know necessarily meet too many engineers that are funny. Is so they have that kind of as a reaction. Or sometimes the flip is true as well. People from my my high school, when they found out that I did comedy, they're like, "But wait, you're not funny." Uh, So it's an interesting kind of intersection of those two things. But you're right. I I went to The Ohio State University, got a degree in computer science and engineering, and started in a normal kind of regular job uh, afterwards. I was working as an IT project manager at Procter & Gamble. And uh, I realized at P&G that my obsession with efficiency was really good for processes and for computers it wasn't so good for humans. uh it was you know I was having a difficult time connecting with some of my coworkers or or leading some of the members on my team because i was so obsessed with efficiency and sure. uh, i was trying to explore ways to to be better with people and i had started doing improv and stand up at ohio state i was kind of pushed into it by my best friend and and i realized i started to bring in some what i had learned and i realized that you know some of the same skills you need to be effective as an improviser actually some of the same exact skills you need to be effective as a leader
1: mhm mhm absolutely it's interesting because uh, my colleague that before we got started I was telling you about we're in the process actually we- painstakingly uh, trying to get an article out right now called The Surprising Relationship Between Leadership and Improv Comedy. Um, and so I've heard you talk a little bit about that. Um, and and so I'm really interested to know some of the things that you tell um, leaders and execs about how to achieve better results in their organizations using humor. Like what what, what is that? What is it that they can do?
0: Well, certainly. And and part of it comes from just what I discovered kind of in my own work. So, you know, kind of to, to extend the story a little bit and then to, to answer your question is as at p and G. I I started, you know, incorporating a little bit of improv and, and humor into my presentations. And I, at first I started to do it mostly just to entertain myself because uh, I was in these boring <laughs> meetings that I was leading. And so I was like, well, maybe maybe I can make it more fun for me. And. As I started to add more humor, I started to see you know my coworkers more willing to show up. They were you know quicker to respond to emails, they would pull me aside and say, "Hey, thanks for making this more fun or more enjoyable." Mm-hmm. And as an engineer, I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. This is helping me solve one of the hardest problems I have, which is dealing with other people. And so I started to to research about it and found that there's actually a lot of uh, – there's a decent amount of research out there about the benefits of using humor in the workplace. It just mm-hmm. didn't seem to be something that people were talking about. And mm-hmm. so uh, I'll admit it was, it was kind of selfish uh, for me. The reason why I started speaking about it was because I was in these boring meetings at P&G, and I was like, someone should teach them how to make them less boring so I'm not mm-hmm. bored.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then I realized, like, oh, that someone could be me right i went I had to go through that same process for me, so what if I started and so I started internally i I proclaimed myself the corporate humorist, the Procter and Gamble, and I started a blog and started writing about it and looking at the research of it and it it started to resonate with people so then I started it external humor that works is a, a website first um externally, and people started to resonate with it there and it kind of grew and and part of the conversation that we essentially have is is recognizing that there are these tremendous benefits to using humor. Over 30 benefits backed by research, case studies, real-world examples ranging from things like getting people to pay attention to improving understanding to uh, increasing the likability of the speaker, relieving stress, and on and on and on. And so what I train is first kind of why humor is so valuable, why it should be an intentional tool that you incorporate in your work. And then the second part that's really important to, to, to that is how do you do it effectively? How do you do it in a way that actually resonates with your audience and also doesn't offend them?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, I, as you talked, I thought about, um, you, you mentioned presentations. I thought about the countless presentations you kind of go through where some people are reading everything that's on the slide and others, mm-hmm. uh, just boring, but but every now and then it doesn 't matter. It could be something very technical at times. You run across someone uh, with a sense of humor and they might to make a point they find a um a cartoon or some funny drawing or some um, kind of vignette that they will put up that uh, makes everybody laugh. And, and so it's almost like comic relief. Why, why do you think that works? Why is that so important that um, we, we have that kind of comic relief, even in, uh, among topics that are uh, really serious?
0: Well, I mean, I think it's partially to your point that it gets people to to stay engaged and and one of the things that we'll talk about some in our programs is we'll ask a dumb question and I recognize it's a dumb question or maybe we'll say a simple question, but you can go in and and head and answer it uh, here. But the question is, you know, would you rather do something that is fun or not fun? Mm -hmm. What's your answer? Mm
1: -hmm. You say if it were fun and not fun?
0: Yeah, your choices are fun or not fun. Which one would you choose? Fun. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's why it's a silly question because it's like ninety nine point nine percent of people say fun. Uh, you know, people are like, you know, as long as it's not illegal or it doesn't cost too much money, you know, I'm gonna choose for fun. And so it kinda stands to reason then if you were to make, you know, your emails a little bit more fun, would people be more likely to respond to them? Or if you were to make your presentations a little bit more fun, would people be more interested in them? If you are to make your own work a little bit more fun, would you be more engaged in it? And that's what the the research shows us. The answer is yes. And it's there's just, because people like, it, it draws them in. It's, it's interesting because my brother is a, a professor at Texas A&M. And when he was getting his PhD at LSU, I would go down and guest teach his classes. And I would teach improv uh, exercises to his public speaking class as a way to help them to get more comfortable to come out of their shell and would also teach, you know, different humor techniques to his intercultural mm-hmm. communication class, et cetera. And he started to look at his end of the semester evaluation and they would say things like, Hey, your and Drew's class was so fun. Or my favorite class was when we did improv outside or, you know, Drew is hysterical. And my brother was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. He was here for one 50 minute class out of an entire semester And it's Mm. the one thing that they keep talking about. And he's like, I I don't think it's true, right? He didn't want to give me credit. He's like, I think it must be the improv. It must be the humor. And so I started to help him bring humor into his classroom. And he started to see improvement in scores, improvement in engagement. And it's it's back to that simple thing is people want to do things that are fun. And just because you add a little bit of humor to something, it doesn't mean that it's not important or that you don't take it seriously. Right, and one of the things that we've been doing is um, we've been doing some work uh, not to, uh, in, uh, in the recent past with uh, the Red Cross, and people are often surprised by our client list because we've worked with the Red Cross, with the United Nations, with the FBI, and people are like, "Wait, why do these groups need humor?" And this gentleman that we were working at with the Red Cross, his point was. In what he's communicating, when he's talking to groups about disaster preparedness, where what he's telling them might save their life later, or at least kind of save their property or whatever it is, he's like, in that scenario, boredom has very serious consequences. Mm-hmm. And so using humor is kind of the thing. Like, if, you're, if your message or the work that you do is important, then you would want to use any tool at your disposal to help you do that more effectively, and that is something that humor can help you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
1: And so um, the, the the title of today's show is Humor is a Skill. And I know I've had a number of people who have, uh, you know, just in passing said, oh, I'm interested to hear about this, because never thought of humor as a skill. Uh, not everyone is funny. Well, not everyone works at being funny. <laughs> you know, um, some mm-hmm. people... Um, some people just basically um, think they're funny and try, but um, it's it's certainly something where I can see that you have to really work at. Um, so I would assume that's a part of what the some of the work that you do also is helping people understand that it's something that you can get better at. Is that true?
0: It's absolutely true, and, you know, I'm, I'm a case study in that that is something that is, has, is learned because, you know, I, I recently found a personality assessment that I took at the end of my senior year of high school, and it said things like, Drew is ill at ease in talking in front of other people. Uh, he's best when he's working on his own in repetitive environments, and basically was saying, don't ever put this person in front of someone. And, you know, it wasn't until I started doing improv and stand up that I started to get more comfortable, that I started to come out of my shell. I mean, you spoke about the the benefits of leadership and improvisation. Improv was huge for me because I used to only have confidence if I knew exactly what was going to happen, but improv Mm -hmm. taught me how to be confident, knowing that no matter what happens, I'll be able to adapt. And yeah, if, if humor is a skill, it means it can be learned. And we believe that anyone can learn to be funny-er. So, like, that's what we say in our programs. of like, you're not going to take one program for us or attend one course and immediately have a Netflix comedy special waiting for you, right? It takes time to to build this skill. And also, our goal is not to train comedians. We're just training leaders how to be more effective. and But we do believe anyone can learn to be funnier. And, in fact, we think the question isn't are you funny, but the question is what kind of funny are you? And Mm -hmm. just as there's different leadership techniques and styles, just as there's different um, styles of communication, just as there's different styles of cooking, right? All these different skills, there's different styles or personas is what we call them of humor. And so if you start to understand what your natural persona is. You can understand its strengths and weaknesses, and then you can also start to learn how to adopt the other ones. You can become more of an entertainer or more of an engineer or more of a curator or whatever it happens to be. And so exactly to your point, though, is that it does take some effort. It's it's like learning the piano, right? You could – if you wanted to learn the piano, you could read an article about it. You could watch a, ne- a TEDx talk or you know, a Netflix documentary or – even take a master class of it or you know, take a, an afternight night uh, school program on the history of it. But until you sit down and try to play the piano, you're not going to get any better. And, and humor is the same way.
1: Yeah, no, that makes so much sense to me. You know, I have uh, someone that just joined our team um, at the university who after spending some time with the existing team members said, I've just got to tell you guys, uh, I really appreciate the fact that you laugh." and it's not that we don't uh have um very serious times where we are uh very focused on the work but um we do take the time um you know we everybody on my team loves to talk about food um but we also talk about um uh, especially during during zoom time you know we we would uh take a moment to share movies or something that we had we we had experienced and just kind of naturally not okay go around let's talk about what did you watch last week it just might be um something that we started out with but anyway just said i just really appreciate the fact that you guys take the time out to laugh and uh, you know for me as a leader in the group it just seems very necessary to enjoy what you're doing and and so if you if you're not uh laughing or or uh, feeling like it's a place where you want to be um it's going to feel like work it's going to feel uh, like you're constantly at you know pursuing tasks and that's no fun so we just stop every now and again and and talk about the things that make us laugh or the things that we saw or heard That were funny. And I think I just think it's a lesson for a lot of people in leadership roles that it it, there's it doesn't take away from um, from you as a leader or the organization goals to um, to to laugh and be uh, be human.
0: Oh, absolutely, and and I think there's a couple of things in what you said that are really powerful for people to take away from it. And the first is that yeah, when we're talking about humor in the workplace, it is more broad than comedy, right? The things that you're talking about, the conversations you're having that's leading to laughter, it might never make it into a comedy special on stage, but right. it doesn't have to. That's not the goal, right? It doesn't have right, to be a right. clear setup and punchline joke, but rather the human connection and conversation or off the cuff style humor, even just the fact that you're talking about movies and food at work versus no, it's only ever, we're ever, only ever going to talk about, you know, these specific agenda items. So I think that's yeah. really helpful for people to recognize is that the bar is so much lower for what is, is humorous in an organization. But I think mm-hmm. the other thing that's really key that you spoke about is your role as a leader in this, because when, we, when I did my first TEDx talk for Ohio State and I was looking at these benefits of using humor in the workplace, I was like, wait, why don't more people use it? If, if there's all these great benefits, if I'm enjoying it, if it makes you enjoy your work more and you're more productive and you're less stressed and you're happier and all that, why don't more people do it? So we ran a study and a little over a 1,000 people filled it out, and we found that the number one reason why people didn't use humor at work was because they didn't think that their boss or coworkers – would approve. Now, in separate studies, they found that a, a study of over 700 CEOs found that 98% of CEOs preferred job candidates with a sense of humor and 81% of employees say a fun workplace would make them more productive and et cetera, et cetera. But in day-to-day work, if your team isn't laughing, if your team isn't smiling, if you're not having these types of moments, then it's very possible that you are part of the reason why. Right, Right. Probably not maliciously, not intentionally, but if you aren't laughing or smiling, if you're not encouraging it of your students or of your direct reports or of your team, if you're not creating the space for humor, then people start to think that it's unwelcome and they aren't feeling like they can be their authentic self. They don't have psychological safety. They can't bring that in. So I think by being a leader, one way to be a leader, whether you are in a leadership position or not, is when you start to use humor yourself, people start to say like – Oh wait, that that seems to be working for Brian. Maybe I can do the same thing.
1: Right, right. And and for me, one of the most important aspects of that that I've seen is that the ability to also laugh at yourself. Um, you know, that you you everyone knows, um because we we've seen ourselves and we've seen other people, you know, imitate us and we know our kind of idiosyncrasies, so to be able to laugh at that and be able to say, um, you know, you, do you remember that time when? Um, and, mm-hmm. and where you're the punchline, you know, so if you're the person that's always laughing at other people, that's not so cool, right? But, um, but also as a leader, be able to laugh at yourself, I think, um, is particularly important.
0: Certainly. Well, and this is where we can kind of talk a little bit about that idea of the, the skill of humor the kind of the art and science behind it. Because we think there's an art and science of humor. And, and what we do in our programs is we teach people the science part of it. And then we give them an opportunity to practice the art. Because that's the other thing is you want to create a safe space where you can try things out and have an opportunity. Because like the first time you want to try out certain types of humor may not be in front of your students or in front of your clients or your customers or whatever. You want to you know, comedians are practicing on stage or going to open mics or other shows to work on material to find what works and doesn't work. So you can adapt that for yourself. But the the science component of it, there's a psychologist named Rod A. Martin who defined four styles of humor. And he said that, uh, you know, there's positive and inclusive humor. There's also negative humor. So uh, <clears throat> positive humor that is focused on other people is like affiliative humor. It's positive and inclusive it's very much kind of like Mr. Rogers' style of humor in the sense that it's yeah. very, like, warm and welcoming. And that might be like a team-building activity or doing improv exercises or, um, you know, a simple question that everyone kind of answers. Very kind of simple, not necessarily super comedic, but more humorous. Then there is self-enhancing humor that's a little bit more focused for yourself, but it's still a positive form. So it's, it's finding joy in everyday hardships. This is something that, you know, Jerry Seinfeld does very well, where Thank it's you. kind of like, here's this kind of weird, absurd thing that I noticed. And it, it's helping about, you know, it's about helping you get through your day. Then yeah. there's a negative form of humor, self-defeating humor, like you talked about self-deprecating humor. And that's great when you use sparingly. So you don't want to necessarily always use it. And it's great when you're in a high status position. Uh, so if you are a leader, it can kind of let other people know that you don't take yourself too seriously. It can help to reduce status differentials. If you use it yes. too much or if you are in a lower status, it doesn't work as well. And then mm-hmm. finally, there is affiliate or uh, aggressive humor. And aggressive humor is a negative form of humor where the target is other people, and that's what you're talking about, like, yeah, you don't want to punch down. You don't want to uh, use aggressive humor towards others and, that's where sarcasm and satire falls and people might be like yeah but i use sarcasm all the time with my friends and it's like absolutely that can be completely fine with your friends right, but right. it's not necessarily going to be as effective as you want it to be in the workplace right
1: well for me even all the way around um i you know a little bit of sarcasm goes a long way for me i i can only <laughs> take so much it's like Ugh. um but um you know when when what you said about uh the the whole idea of of just kind of not necessarily punching down and and always uh, you know being after other people um i just you know for me i think um what has worked as a leader has been just being able to recognize when when we make mistakes and and sometimes those are funny um, and mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes they're serious, um, but there's a, there's a part of it where you want, or at least what I've discovered is just letting people see that you know, kind of the human side of you uh, from a leadership mm-hmm. perspective is very important. That you don't think that you're a super person and never make uh, mistakes. Uh, I, I I really I really enjoy just also being able. Uh, when I see people at the, in the workplace having a good time, and then it's much easier to switch and go back to um, let's go and and be serious for you know longer periods of time. And sometimes it'll come out again. You know, something will come up, mm-hmm. and you can you can chuckle about it. I, I don't think I don't think you're less productive. In fact just as you said, you're even more productive. And I find that people are even more engaged in the work itself. Um, they, come up, they come and they're ready, they show up ready um, because they, they want to be involved in it. So it's, it certainly has been a, a real positive part of our, our organization.
0: Well, and it is, and that's true for a lot of, lot of organizations, and, and with certain groups, especially some of the more analytical thinking groups or the engineers that I'm talking to or when we're working with CEOs or senior leaders, they kind of want to know, like, okay, why are we doing this training again? And there's direct benefit to the bottom line. I mean, organizations that have a positive workplace culture tend to have lower turnover. They have increased uh, engagement. They have uh, ultimately usually higher profit as well. Uh, And you think you take something like retention and you recognize like, oh, well, about a third of people leave an organization because they don't like their manager. They Mm -hmm. might like the work. They might even like the company. But if they don't like who they're working for, they might leave. And at the same time, a different study has shown that uh, uh, people who rate their manager's sense of humor as above average are a lot less likely to be looking for a job within the next year. So you can kind of see like, oh, yeah, if you enjoy going into work. People are going to want to show up. There's not going to be absenteeism or presenteeism or, or that kind of stuff. And and we're seeing more and more. You hear some of the buzzwords or some of the, the phrases out there that are important, absolutely, like a growth mindset or psychological safety or even vulnerability and authenticity. And humor is just a tool to help you to get to those things. As you yeah. mentioned, it's, yeah, you're not going to be humor all of the time, like people sometimes are like, how much humor is the right amount of humor? And I will tell you, uh-huh. as an engineer, I wish I had a, I wish I could say 11.3% of the time. That's the, the sweet spot of humor. But it, it's more about kind of, you have to read the room, you have to understand what are you using the humor for, when is it appropriate, when it is it not appropriate? That's part of the, you know, the, the skill of humor. But I do think that humor is very closely connected to emotional intelligence and vulnerability. Where it's one of those things where if you open up a little bit if you show some vulnerability or show some humor, other people are more likely to as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, no doubt. and i i uh, the presentation I saw you give um, online was one where you talked about um, your your internship um your internship summary. and I thought that was so funny mm-hmm. how you basically used crayons to on the um on the PowerPoint. To, mm-hmm. to instead of some fancy font with mm-hmm. nice graphics and pictures, you use a font or, or actually you hand wrote it <laughs> using mm-hmm. using a, a Microsoft Paint or something. But um, I just thought, you know, that was risky. But the other side to this is that if you know, if people didn't see it uh, as funny, even just a little bit of it. And take it in good spirit and, you know, with good humor, that might actually not be the kind of organization you want to work with. Right. I mean, you know, part of this is also you have to be happy in a place. And so if people respond negatively all the time to just the slightest bit of humor, that just might not be the place for you.
0: That's exactly right. And sometimes, you know, previous we don't do a ton of it now, but sometimes talking with people in career transition and if people have done comedy, I'll mention, hey, you can put that in your special skills section or add sense of humor to your resume if you want to. And someone was like, wait, but what if a company doesn't hire me because I had sense of humor on the resume? I'm like, great. Would you want to work for an organization that's not even going to consider you because it's on there? Like, probably not. Like, you're interviewing the company just as much as a company is interviewing you. And I think that's true with humor. It helps you to identify your your audience. You know, my the second TEDx talk that I did, the one at Texas A and M, has almost not, uh, ten million views on it now, just over nine million. I think only half of which are my mom. Uh, she watches it <laughs> quite a bit. But the the comments on it are really interesting because you know some of them are like, "This is talk is amazing." This person is funny. Some of them are just comedic. They're like, "I think he kind of looks like a Neil Patrick Harris." Or one of them is like, "You can hear the nerd in his voice," uh, mm-hmm. which is absolutely true. You can tell him a nerd. But some of them are also just like this guy isn't funny or this is terrible one was like go back to engineering please and that used to get me down for a little for a little while when they first started to come out but then I realized you know every second of or every ounce of energy that I dedicate to these people who don't like what I'm doing is an ounce of energy that I'm not using to serve the people who do resonate with that message and so I think humor yeah. can be it's one of the things that we do with brands is help them identify their brand humor personality because then you can start to identify your target audience and it's not going to be everyone, right? Your humor isn't going to necessarily apply to every single person on the planet, but if you use it effectively, it can apply to the people that you really need to have an impact with.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, I I am really um, a fan of the idea of using humor in the workplace to increase productivity, have fun at work. Um, Those of you who Um, may be interested, Uh, Drew has a a few books out there uh, that you might really be interested in. One is Humor That Works, The Skill for Success and Happiness at Work, and then 501 Ways to Use Humor to Beat Stress, Increase Productivity, and Have Fun at Work. Um, So um, please um, be sure and and uh, take a look at those if you're interested. But also, there are a number of places, TED Talks, uh, that I just found incredibly useful and helpful that I've uh, shown in some of my classes. Um, But um, it it certainly is um, worthwhile to consider um, making sure that people uh, use humor um, to, to get these other results and it's, you don't have to be serious the whole time. Um, so Drew, as I promised, you know, uh, 30 minutes, we're in and out. this, um, <laughs> it's, it, it's really quick. Um, so we pre- we really appreciate you, uh, coming on, uh, to our faithful listeners. Um, thank you uh, for tuning in. Uh, next week we have. I'm going to have a real informative discussion with a special guest, Dr. Lindsay Stallone's Marshall uh, professor, and she's going to uh, do a critique on the 1776 project. And so, um, as as usual, um, we have uh, a great lineup for the rest of the month. Um, Starting here with Drew, again, thank you. Um, Keep up the good work and keep helping people. I know they have uh, benefited from your work. Um, So thanks for coming on. And until next time, go well, stay well. Thanks, Drew.
0: Thank you for having me.